0: Welcome back to Beyond Well with Sheila Hamilton. This is a program for people who want to learn more about our interior lives. And one of the questions that we have that comes up frequently is, what is a boundary and how do I make it? (laughs) I struggle with this too. So I brought Dr. James Polo in to talk about what are boundaries, how do you create healthy ones, and when can they be problematic?
1: And you know, this is a very timely topic because all of us have had our boundaries kind of messed with throughout this whole pandemic.
0: How so? Say more.
1: Well, we'll we'll talk about boundaries, but we have many different types of relationships. We have relationships with coworkers, we have relationships with friends, we have relationships with families, we have relationships with our kids. And with all of the pandemic social restrictions, we've had to really rethink, well, how do we connect to other people when, what's good, what's not, Mm -hmm. what's okay? So, you know, now is a great time uh, to think about how important this is, particularly as we start opening up and going back to our social connections from before.
0: That is such a good place to start because you're right, you know, none of us were going to parties. Now you start being invited to a lot of social events. It's a really good time to think about, do I really want to do this or am I doing it for some sort of other expectation or some other reason in my life? I I didn't really think about how important it is to rejigger our boundaries right now before we start being sort of the new normal again.
1: Right. You know, if you think about it, when it comes to people and relational boundaries, the best way to think about it is a boundary is kind of where one person stops and another person starts. It's hard to think about what that really means, but boundaries really ultimately define who are we? What are we responsible for? What's safe? What's not safe? What's okay? What's not okay? What are my values? And how does that then all get filtered into the relationship that you're going to have with somebody else? Right. So it's really important.
0: I, I want to talk about what the different kind of boundaries are, because I think everybody thinks about boundaries being personal, but there has to be boundaries that are sexual, right? And there has to be yes. boundaries that are so, so let's go over the gamut of what kind of boundaries there are, first of all.
1: Excellent. So traditionally, there are five areas of boundaries that people think about. The first one is the emotional boundary. How do you relate to other people? How close you are in terms from an emotional perspective? The second boundary is a physical boundary. And this is one where it can be everything from your actual physical space, but also boundaries of physical presence and being. Now, the reason why I highlight those two up front is because sexual boundaries cross over into both of these domains. your, Your boundaries with regard to sexuality can impact your emotional as well as your physical. But there are some other boundaries that sometimes we don't think about. Mental boundaries. What do we mean by that? Mental boundaries are about your ability to have your own thoughts and your own beliefs. So it's really, what are your morals? What are your ethics? And that's a boundary because, of course, we all have different, kind of like there's been a lot of divisiveness in this country lately. The next uh, boundary is material boundary. So think in terms of possessions. You know, the The biggest boundary that that I can remember was with my teenagers when I tried to explain them, no, you just can't take the car whenever you want. You have to ask permission. That's an example of a material boundary. And then finally, time, time boundaries. We all have those friends that are exhausting from just a time perspective. Uh, So that's another one of those boundaries that can sometimes be challenging. And, And remember that when you have unhealthy boundaries, that means there's kind of a disregard or the values, the wants, the needs, or whatever the limits you've set. So
0: I, I do want to just first talk about people who have the most difficulty setting boundaries, because in many ways, they can probably think of themselves as over generous, over, giving, over connecting, over you know, and that they might like that part of themselves until they begin to really resent it.
1: Yes. And in fact, this becomes a very complicated thing to look at because, you know, I'll give you an example. We've all had that friend that is willing to give you the quote shirt off their back. Um, And it's easy to think that they're just really generous. And in some cases that really is the case, but sometimes that kind of a boundary is done at the expense of the self Mm, and you just may not necessarily see it. So it is important to think about, first of all, you know, when you're thinking about your own boundaries, you you have to actually think about and reflect what are your wants, what are your needs, what are your desires, and prioritize those.
0: I'm often thinking, Dr. Polo, about um, women raising multiple children at home and also attempting to work and probably this just complete destruction of any boundaries that they may have had because the needs of their family and their work have to come first.
1: Oh, that is a huge challenge. And I I can tell you from personal experience, my my wife struggled with that for many years. And in fact, it led to a a significant period of depression because she had competing desires to be a mother at the same time that she had competing desires to have a career. And then within that, how you then have relationships with your children and how you have relationships with coworkers can sometimes be impacted.
0: I also just think there's an interesting add-on to that in that you might get very clear about your boundary with your work, but your work is not really vibing with your boundary. (laughs) And they're asking you to do things that are alienating your boundaries all the time. So how do we make these sort of publicly and personally known?
1: Yeah, so that's a great question. So in addition to thinking about what are your boundaries, following your emotions, what what are your needs? What do you like? What what are you okay with? What are you not okay with? And prioritizing, you have to essentially in your mind, set some limits. What are going to be my limits? Hmm. And the first step then is you have to be willing to articulate and discuss that with other people. The reality is sometimes it's an informal discussion. Sometimes it needs to be more of a formal discussion. And what I often remind folks is you don't have to feel guilty about what your boundaries are. You don't have to feel self-conscious. You don't have to defend them. They are your boundaries, just like other people have their boundaries. Mm -hmm. And what you may find, particularly when you have a new relationship, is you may have to have that discussion a couple of times. And I generally recommend if your boundary is violated, don't let it pass. Speak up. Speak up assertively. Highlight the boundary, why it bothers you. Don't have to defend it because sometimes you find yourself in a relationship where somebody's crossing your boundaries and you decide, not the right relationship for
0: me. Yeah. We were talking the other day, my daughter and I and her boyfriend, about how important it is to establish sort of self care and boundaries at the beginning so that you're not two years in and then you're saying, Look, I go to the gym every day. And your partner is like, What? You're always here when I want to watch Netflix. You know? Yes. Yes. So, so having time for that conversation super early seems really important.
1: It, it is. Now, I want to point something out that often comes up that People will will hear, but I want to clarify because it, it can be an area of confusion. You'll, you'll often hear that it's recommended that you be consistent, consistent with your with your boundaries. Yeah. Now, there's a couple of things to think about. A boundary that you have with a friend or a family member is probably going to be a different boundary than you have with somebody at a at a work environment. So when they say be consistent, it doesn't mean that you allow work people to have the same kind of relationship than you allow friends. Yeah. Okay.
0: Right.
1: The other thing is that remember in relationships, particularly in relationships with spouses or partners or people that we're really getting close to, those boundaries do sometimes change. They usually kind of get closer. So, you know, when you're first dating somebody, it's not okay to call me at two in the AM. When you're getting ready to get married to somebody and there's a crisis, they call you at 2 a.m. and that's kind of okay. So the other thing to remember is that sometimes in relationships, boundaries change over time. And remember, it's a two-way street. Mm. And sometimes you need to kind of have a talk about that. Hey, you know, it is okay to do X, Y, Z, whatever. Yeah.
0: Dr. Polo, I really want you to speak to our young listeners who are now struggling with this transition back to the workplace where they may have set up really nice boundaries for themselves during COVID. They started doing things to take better care of themselves. They started walking their dogs more, and now their businesses are asking them to either do a hybrid model or come back to the workplace completely. Is it appropriate to have a decision around boundaries with your employer, or do you just have to do what your employer tells you to do?
1: That is a great question. In fact, I've been getting that question a lot, okay? First of all, a little bit about the work environment. There's no question that during the pandemic, many businesses, many companies, many corporations moved a lot of their operations to be work from home.
0: Yeah.
1: And coming out of the pandemic, not everybody is going back. Some companies are deciding, hey, we're going to have a flex model. We're yeah. going to have a modified model. We're going to have some employees that never come back to work. My, my, yeah. I'll give you an example. My daughter, her work was 100% onsite prior to the pandemic. And they've already told her your job is going to be hundred percent at home. And in fact, you don't have an office anymore because we got rid of it. She happened to be okay with that. yeah. But I would venture that many people are not going to be okay with that. So to your question, first of all, should people feel comfortable discussing the topic with their employer about these kinds of boundaries? Absolutely. If you don't say something, your employer is not going to know that you may be unhappy. Now, here's the caveat. Unfortunately, remember, relationships are always a two-way street. And so you may not have some choice. For example, if you have an employer where you connect with your employer and you say, hey, listen, uh, I've been working from home. I really don't want to go back to to work. And I kind of enjoy that this is a wonderful boundary. I'm able to keep my home life and my work-life balanced. The employer may say, Oh, great. Um, Guess what? Um, I'll put you in that crowd, in which case telling them what you wanted was the right thing to do. Flip side, you may have a very similar conversation where the employer says to an employee, I'm sorry, but your job is this and this is where you have to work. This is how you have to work. And now at least the employee has voiced and been heard. But the reality is they have to accept the fact that sometimes you don't control.
0: I also want to talk about boundaries with relation to a person who is suffering from mental illness or alcoholism or opioid addiction. Many of us who have relatives who are addicted find the panic that we face when our loved one calls us and telling us, look, I'm going to go to jail. If you don't help me, I need to go into recovery again. And I just heard this quote the other day, I established boundaries so that there could be a relationship to come back to when you were healthy again. And I'm, I'm curious about that, what you advise people who are dealing with someone who is, you know, they, a lot of people who are suffering really do lack boundaries.
1: So that is such a good example of something that's important to kind of highlight. Remember that when boundaries are not well, they fall into a couple of categories. You can have a relationship where two individuals are enmeshed. In other words, it's hard to figure out where one person stops and the other one begins. They're just enmeshed. You can also have uh, relationships where there's a dependence. One person is heavily reliant on another one. And that dependence can take everything from an emotional dependence to a time dependence to a decision-making dependence and can be exhausting, And then, of course, there are relationships that are abusive. And these can be abusive emotionally, they can be abusive physically, and they can be abusive sexually. Mm -hmm. Now, very often folks that do have behavioral health difficulties, whether it's depression, anxiety, they're already dealing with stress. Mm -hmm. And relationships tend to end up shouldering some of that stress. Mm -hmm. Now, for people that are trying to support folks with some emotional challenges, all the more important to kind of set some clear boundaries. Uh, let me give you a very simple example. An adult child, 22, wants to come live at home. Parents say, great, you, you can live at home. You're, uh, we'll help you get get off your feet. You're, you're going to get a job, whatever. Uh, three weeks go by. The young uh, 22-year-old is not looking for a job. And furthermore, um, maybe doing drugs. And the parent says, hey, you want to live in our house? You can't do this. That's the rule. You can't use drugs. You have to have a job. You have to contribute because we want you to be able to eventually be self-sufficient. Yeah. Now, the problem is, that's so easy to say, but when you're actually in that situation, it's very hard to follow through. It sure is. You kick your kid out in the middle of the night. So here's the recommendation that I usually give people when it comes to any kind of a relationship challenge when you're already thinking the boundary might get crossed. Yeah. First of all, create your limits, write them down and write out what the basic rules are when you're not emotionally stressed.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. when you're emotionally stressed is when you're going to be likely to violate your own rule.
0: Right.
1: So, and when you are emotionally stressed, that's when you need to go back to your list and said, wait a second. I said when I was emotionally, you know, stable, when I was feeling fine, right. that I would not allow, you know, drugs in my house. So, right now even though it's, you know, my 22-year-old, right. I got to stick to that boundary. Yeah. Because if you don't stick to those boundaries, although you think you're helping somebody, in essence really what you're doing is you're simply contributing to the boundary problem which hurts both people.
0: I, I just want to ask another question on this topic because so many people that I've talked to say, well, I'm so afraid that if I leave my husband, he's going to kill himself. He's told me that if I leave him, he'll kill himself. So there is a manipulation that's going on that's really difficult to stay true to your own boundaries that you may have, have adopted.
1: Yes. And in fact, one of the dysfunctions of boundaries can be when one individual is trying to use emotions to manipulate the other people. And those are very, very difficult circumstances. I had a patient once before who had a spouse where that exact scenario was going on. And while it would be easy for us to think, oh, you're being manipulated. You should just not do that. right? Well, this was the spouse that was also the father of her three children whom she had lived with for 25 years. And so the idea that she was just going to quote, not worry about it, didn't make sense. Now, the reason why I share that example is because when folks are really struggling with keeping and maintaining boundaries such as affecting you, it may be a good reason to go out and get some professional help, somebody that can be a little bit more objective and help you understand no matter where you are in life, you have to still prioritize what are your needs, what are your wants, and how do you protect those. In the long run, when you have good boundaries, there's three huge benefits. First of all, it fosters independence so that when you move or when friends move or when family members die, you're able to go on because you're independent. Number two, having good boundaries actually helps our esteem. We feel in control of our lives and we're Mm. getting our needs met. And number three, when you have good boundaries you're able to keep your emotionality in check. You don't get overwhelmed with stress.
0: I just realized in talking about this topic that is probably its own topic because I've had so many questions from people. The other one is, well, my son is clinically depressed. How can I get him to help with the dishes? How should I expect him to have a job? He's sick. I wouldn't tell somebody who was suffering from cancer they need to get out of bed. I hear that all the time. And to me, that's also a boundary question.
1: You know, that's a great example. And and there's two things I would highlight that first of all, when you're in a relationship and there's some boundary challenges, it's okay to talk about it in that framework. Yeah. Hey, John, this is a boundary issue for me. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling like you're taking advantage of me and here's what you're doing and here's how it makes me feel. Here's what I would like you to do that meets with my boundary. Now, here's the hard part. It goes both ways. (laughs) So you have to then be willing to hear, well, what's the other person's boundary issues? What's the other person feeling that are their needs? So, you know, in this case, let's say, uh, I'll go back to the case that I used of the child that's living at home. It's like, well, mom, I can look for a job and I cannot get drugs and I'll change, live by your rules, whatever. Whatever every day you're yelling and screaming at me mm. and telling me I'm worthless. And every day you're telling me I'm going to turn out just like, you know, Uncle Joe. Mm. And that's that's a boundary problem for him from his perspective. So the other thing, when you're having difficulty with boundaries, you have to remind yourself <laughs> it has to go both ways.
0: This is so wonderful. Okay, final topic around boundaries is social. I, I see so many people who it's almost like the framework for boundary making is lost on social media. They overshare, they overask, they they overexpose. They do a lot of things that they wouldn't do if they were actually with the person in real life or with the tens of thousands of people if they have a lot of followers in real life. What's your advice for people with regards to social media boundaries?
1: Yeah, so there's... Two things that I would highlight, and it's really about perspective. If you're the individual that is consuming social media, remind yourself people are a little bit less inhibited. They may say things they don't mean. They they may not even say things that are true. And of course, particularly in the younger kids, there's a lot of bullying that happens on social media. and, And for a younger adults, there's a lot of things related to relationships and, you know, dating and all that other stuff that becomes just an emotional kind of mess. So from the perspective of looking at social media, you've got to kind of tell yourself upfront different game set of rules in terms of what people will say and do and, and so forth. From the perspective of using social media, you got to apply the same thing to yourself, you know, would I normally say that to somebody? Would I dog somebody out or would I insult somebody online just because they can't say anything back or because they can't see me when I wouldn't yeah. do that in person? Once again, it really goes both ways, but I do think that social media is a huge challenge for all of us because as much as it's happening, it's still all new to us. Yeah. You know, we live in a world where we're connected on every single device. And we've just lived through a a year where we've been telling everybody, stay away from people, don't get infected, but connect online. So we've been pushing that. And so it's really put all of us in a position of having to kind of go back to baseline and say, okay, what are my boundaries? What do I like? And I guess the one other thing I would highlight is sometimes your boundary for a relationship online, it might be a different boundary set than for somebody in person.
0: If the person that you ha- are attempting to establish boundaries with really challenges it, really says things like you're selfish, you're blah, 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 you shouldn't have this, well, what is a good way to communicate that you're firm on what your boundary is and that you are going to continue to live by this set of self-help rules that you've made for yourself?
1: That's a great question because we're all subject to being manipulated. But yeah. uh, the first thing is you have to be very, very confident that you don't need to rationalize or justify yourself. Yeah. So if you get into a discussion with the why, you're already on the losing end because mm-hmm. there doesn't need to be a why. That is your boundary. What I generally recommend to folks is this is one of those times where you end up having a very difficult choice to potentially make. Uh, and what I mean by that is if this person is not going to respect that boundary, then is this a relationship that you want to continue to have? Mm. And sometimes you can articulate that, hey, listen, we can't be roommates if you think you can just walk into my room anytime or use my car whenever you want. We're roommates, we're close friends, but yeah. that's my car, that's my room. Yeah. And you may have to even say, if you can't follow this boundary, that's okay, but it means we can't be roommates anymore. And now you're not roommates with your best friend because you're out of college and you got to change the way that you live. So it's about articulating what you want, yeah, not feeling guilty about it, but then following through and being consistent about what boundary you've set.
0: I don't know why this topic fascinates me so much, but I could talk with you for an hour about it. Okay, if you begin to move into the, point where people are telling you, you're really rigid on your boundaries. I mean, you'll only go out with me Tuesday at five o'clock from five to five thirty and you'll only do it at this particular bar. Is that something that you just say, well, that is the boundary that I set? Or is there a way to determine if you're becoming a little too rigid
1: with Oh, you have great questions. Always, Sheila. <laughs> okay I, I may so have,
0: i may have just pulled from personal so experience you
1: you may have pulled from personal experience because the reality is there are some folks that do yeah. have unreasonable boundaries yeah what i will usually tell folks that that will i have had folks by the way that will come to me and say you know is this reasonable and i said uh, and i will usually reflect back yeah. to them and say well how many people have told you that they think this is unreasonable great well great. all my friends say this is unreasonable Okay. So all of your friends think that this particular boundary is a little bit unreasonable. Mm -hmm. Why would they all think differently than you? Mm -hmm. Because the reality is there are sometimes people that have unreasonable boundaries. And remember the other person can choose your boundaries. I'm sorry. I, I,
0: I can't live with that.
1: So, so the reality is sometimes people do have unreasonable boundaries. Now here's what I recommend. If you're having difficulties with boundaries, either because people can't connect to you or you don't wanna connect to others, Mm -hmm. and it's a major source of stress in multiple different relationships, that's probably a sign that you wanna get some counseling.
0: I love that. I think especially, you know, we'll circle back to where you started as we begin to transition back to what might be kind of a new normal. There's a lot of people that still feel very uncomfortable about joining society. They're still wearing their masks. They're refusing to go out of the home because of this incredible fear that was instilled in us in the last year. And I do think there's going to be a subset of people that might need some professional help to kind yes. of break that rigidity as they sort of move back into the world. Yes. You are always the best, just absolutely the best. Thank you so much. I loved this topic so much. We have great news. We just learned we are in the top 5% of all podcasts in the world, which is incredible because this just marks our 150th podcast. We are so, so grateful to Dr. Polo and our entire team here at Beyond Well. Thanks again for joining us. I'm Sheila Hamilton. Make it a great day.